What is going on? Welcome in Wednesday live chat for this week's Mexico Open. Questions, answers, comments, concerns, ownership, fades, dart throws, whatever you want. This time is yours. We're indeed presented by our friends over at Jock Market. That's Stock Market DFS. I'll talk more about them in a second. I will tease that we're back this week. So there was not a jock mar- a cash market for the Zurich Classic. Not only are we back with a power hour tonight, but there is a player in this field joining us on the power hour tonight. So we're going to get some thoughts about the course and how it sets up and if said golfer thinks he has a chance. Let's jump right into this. Keegan White. Hi, Rick. Any interest in Honor Bond? Don't know if this course would be a spot to deploy him, but got burned last week. Yeah, I too am a bit gun shy. Let's um, let's look up Honor Bond here. So what I'll do is uh, share my screen with you. What you're seeing is my website, rickrungood.com. So there was a reason to believe that we could kind of be early on Honor Bond at the RBC Heritage. I'll tell you what, he still drove it well, which is not all that uncharacteristic. I do just worry, and this is what I said last week, right? It's were we going to be early on Honor Bond or were we going to find out that the Players' Championship and the Valero Texas Open in terms of the approach play, that that was an outlier? I still don't know if we know the answer to that, but I think I'm less optimistic this time around than I was for the RBC Heritage because you also look at like, you know, driving distance, 295, 127th on tour, doesn't make a lot of birdies, 151st on tour. Um, if he's not hitting his approaches well, it's a very tough ask. So a, a little bit less optimistic than I was. Maybe a four out of 10 this week. Buenos dias, Rick. In a 600 entry, 20 max draft Kings contest, would you A, full fade ROM, B, lock ROM, or C, match the field on ROM exposure? Oof. Um, okay, well, I have John ROM checking in about 35% owned, which is fairly outrageous. And if you get to the point where once you start getting to like 27, 28, 29%, there's actually a case to be made that you should probably just be fading everybody who's that, who's um, over that amount. I would probably put them in this order. Full fade ROM, match the field on ROM, lock ROM. Uh, ROM's not necessarily been good in weaker field events. He's not necessarily been good at uh, quote, bleeping putting contests. And I like his price uh, here on DraftKings compared to what we were seeing in the outright market, but not at 35% ownership. So it's a really it's a really sticky situation for John Rahm basically all around. Samuel Lindsay says, uh, hey, Rick, was it ever confirmed that we will or won't have Shot Tracker this week? Um, I did not confirm this, but I am going to imagine we're not. Uh, I just, that's what I think. They usually don't take it out of the United States. Good afternoon, Rick. With an emphasis on driving distance, would you consider Bramlett as part of the course fit group that includes Champ and Wyndham Clark? Yes, but I wish I didn't see him play last week, right? So Bramlett and Matt McNeely were both horrendous, and that was a team that I was tracking quite a bit, and uh, Bramlett was not good. So I have his strokes gained metrics. It's just the strokes gained total metrics, not, and this is an individual to to him, but um I was a little bit concerned with with what I saw last week. And when you start to look at some of the other metrics, doesn't make enough birdies. The only thing that he has going for, for him for is driving distance. And honestly, even some of these longer approaches, he's not all that good at either. I think I'll just take a pass. And if I was early, fine, but <clears throat> not really sure I, I see it there. 
DFS Chef says, uh, smash the like button. How do you feel about Ramey and Long this week? Uh, course seems to favor Bombers, but both these guys are ranking high in strokes gain total on comp courses, as is Todd, another non-Bomber, yes or no. So what I like about uh, Ramey specifically, and you'll probably hear me say this a bunch of times over the course of the next 55 minutes or so, is that... Um, the unknown entity, I think, is really, really valuable here. You know, 151 in terms of field strength, it's super weak and it's super top heavy. If you took John Rahm out of this field, I don't know what the strength of field would be. It'd be, it'd be significantly worse um, for one player to be able to move it that much. So uh, I think the unknown entity, someone like a Chad Ramey who won in Putzakana a couple of weeks ago, like that makes much more sense to me as opposed to more of the known entity of Adam Long and Brendan Todd. But I agree, if you're going to look at kind of the crossover courses, um, they, they're probably all pretty good. So here, I'll do the, I'll go to the Holy Grail here. I don't know what you want to use. You know, you could argue uh, Bermuda. You could argue uh, Mayakoba, which would also be this one as well. Worldwide, you could argue uh, Punta Cana, right? Both Corrales events, I'm missing one, I feel like. What's the tropical event? Oh, Puerto Rico, I'm missing. Okay, so we load these up. You know, we look at players in this field. Let's see what we find. Yeah, there's. this is what you're seeing, right? Adam Long, 16 rounds, $7,800, 2.6 strokes gain. Chad Ramey, Alex Smalley, Danny Lee. I don't mind this. I don't mind this. They're, they're similar kind of wind-affected golf courses with, um, so in some places, past Palm Greens. I, I don't mind using that comp at all. Hey, Rick, who are some of the lower-owned golfers in the $8,000 range and above? So um, <clears throat> the dead zone appears to be Kevin Na, Patrick Reed, along with Cameron Tringali and Sebastian Munoz. Uh, Todd, I don't think, is going to be very popular. Knox is not going to be very popular. Streelman Jones is not going to be very popular. The, the ownership is going to concentrate around Cam Champ, Aaron Wise, Chris Kirk, Gary Woodland, and then the three guys at the top, Answer, Finau, and Rom. I think, um, I think Answer is probably to more owns than he should be quite honestly 24%. I think I think it's not necessarily a great course setup for him. It's it's mostly a Mexican narrative quite honestly that I think is that I think is driving that. <clears throat> hey Rick, great content on a challenging week with no course history. Thanks. Can you do a head to head of Lanto versus CH3? Uh sure. I actually had another one up here because I there was a question coming about uh, Kevin Na and Gary Woodland for the first cut one and done. I actually have to admit, I made a big mistake. I had already chosen Kevin Na this for, I, I couldn't believe there was a scenario in which I considered using Kevin Na not once, but twice this year. So I put in for the first cut one and done Kevin Na. And now I think I'm, I'm going to end up taking a zero. But uh, before we get to that Kevin Na question or that, that question for later, I have Kevin Na about 51% against Gary Woodland. That question's coming. Uh, Lonto versus CH3. Interesting. This is the head-to-head -head matchup tool. Oh, sorry. I guess I should be sharing my screen. This is the head-to-head -head matchup tool. Charles Howell third, and who was the other one? Lotto. So it depends on what time frame you use. I'm using since the back uh, since the start of 2021, and Lotto has been uh, a pretty sig not significant, but he's been basically the favorite the entire time in those last uh, 15 months or so. I have been winning a matchup 57% of the time. Uh, big week for Smalley. Thoughts? Yep. I mean, he checks the box. Uh, I think one and done's a bit aggressive. I think I'd prefer him in DraftKings. Um, but he checks the box of young, unknown entity with probably more upside than we know at the moment. And also um, in his small sample size in tropical places, he's getting it done there. 
Good day, Rick. Can we get a rank of the best long hitters who can putt really well ooh, from the 6K range to the 8K range? How could I go about doing this? Um, I guess I could just do this, right? Let's just go to the custom model. So bombers that putt well. Um, okay, let's just do... What I'll just do is I'll just put 50% of my weights on driving distance <clears throat> and 50% on uh, strokes gained approach. Oh, I'm sorry, putt it well. My apologies. Uh, on strokes gained putting. And we will scroll down. And the range was from six to eight. Uh, Kevin Tway, Martin Trainer, Wyndham Clark, Scott Stallings, Patrick Rogers, um, you know, those those types of names show up there. So I just split my weights, kind of a tricky little way to use the use the model. Do you have any data on the Mexican golfers listed at the bottom of the 6K range? Um, some of them I do, so most of them I don't, right? So if you use the cheat sheet, this is all the data that I that I have available on them. Uh, it could be via Corn Ferry. So if they've played a Corn Ferry Tour round, if they've played PGA Tour rounds, um, even if they played Champions Tour or European Tour rounds, I have them. But there are a couple of guys like Jose Cristobal Islas, who uh, I do not have any information on. So you'll just have to use the cheat sheet and, and see. All the, all the rounds are in there. Hey, Rick, do you prefer Carlos Ortiz or Davis Riley? Um, you know, it's funny. It's probably Riley still, but if you're ever going to take a flyer on Carlos Ortiz, it's probably right now. Four straight trips to Mexico. He's finished inside the top 20. Mayakoba has been very good to him. Uh, WGC Mexico has been very good to him. He does not have any recent form. He's been horrendous since his runner-up finish at Mayakoba. So I still think it's Davis Riley, but I don't mind you taking a little bit of a flyer on Carlos Ortiz. Hey, Ray, can you deep dive uh, Kramer Hickok? Sure. <clears throat> I feel like nobody's talking about him. T13 and Punta Cana feels like a great play for this field. Uh, what I know about Hickok, and before I kind of scroll down, is that he's more of an accurate than long guy, which is kind of the opposite of what I would want off the tee. I will say he is a little bit better in some of the further buckets, 150 to 175, 175 to 200, 220, 200 to 225. He's better than actually being closer. He three putts a lot. He doesn't make a lot of birdies. Um, let's see what else we have here. He's missed his last two cuts, T13 and Punta Cana. Eh, I mean, four out of 10, five out of 10, something like that. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not super excited about it. Can you give me two players in the 7K range that you like besides Wyndham Clark and Austin Smotherman? Well, you, you, know, you got your answer there, Zach. Um, 7K range, excluding Smotherman, excluding Wyndham Clark. I would probably say Ramey's interesting. Talked about him. That's probably it. Um, Kitayama's interesting. He popped a little bit for me when I ran some of the weirder models. Kitayama was there. Played well enough with uh, Kiridat Afi Barnrat last week. I'd probably go with those two, but you already pointed out, Zach, the two that I'm most interested in. When you enter a three max, how many golfers do you usually fill your player pool? Do all three lineups have completely different golfers or do they consist of the same three, four, or even five? Uh, this is not a question I can answer for you. Uh, this is a lot of personal preference. It's a lot about what your risk tolerance is. I generally uh, will swap out like two guys in each one and I will keep a pretty tight core, but I know there's a lot of people who would use 18 different golfers. I just don't do it like that. 
DFS Chef says, I know we have a very small sample size, but do you think Patrick Flavin is most underpriced uh, golfer in the field this week? Well, I'll ask him because there we found him. We found the guy that is uh, coming on the jock market power hour tonight. So here's Flavin. Um, I'm really, so, so this is the fourth time he's Monday qualified this year, which is absolutely ridiculous to Monday qualify that often. And the other three times he Monday qualified were these tropical events. T17 in Bermuda, T22 in Puerto Rico, T54 in Punta Cana. Um, I don't know if he has status anywhere at the moment. I mean, he's, he's playing like Latin America events. He's playing kind of corn fairy stuff at the end of last year. Uh, but he's a gamer, man. He's a gamer. And I, and I think this is honestly a pretty decent spot for him to even be able to Monday qualify says that your game is in good shape. You're making enough birdies, um, to get around to do it four times in a year is kind of crazy. So, um, I don't know if he's the most mispriced golfer, but he does allow for some salary cap relief at $6,500. And if you tune in tonight to the jock market power hour, um, you will hear me ask him similar questions and you'll hear what his answers are. Speaking of which jock market, it's stock market DFS. You can buy, sell short, uh, trades of athletes, not just golfers. So we are back tonight. There was no cash market for last week's Zurich classic. So the last one that I can show you was the RBC heritage. Um, and actually you can see Jordan Spieth sold at the RBC heritage for $4 and 99 cents, a share paid out the full 25 bucks, $20 of profit per share. Patrick Cantley went for eight twenty two, uh, paid out $20 a share for his runner up finish. If we close the gap on the, um, Patrick Flavin conversation, conversation, over the last 10 markets, and then Patrick does not have 10 markets. He only has two markets, but he's got an average ROI of 130%. So you can go through, you can mess around with these tools. They're all for free on my website, rickrungood.com. Go under data tools, go to free tools, click jock market, and then use the code Rick to sign up, gets you a $50 deposit bonus. And we'll see you tonight for the power hour. Two-part question. Is it easier to set max exposure as a whole or set individual exposure? And should I be using over and under weight on projected ownerships for exposures? I'm not sure I understand this question, Joe. Uh, I mean, it's definitely easier to set max exposure as a whole because you don't have to do it individually, but I'm not sure that that's the answer to your question. Should I be using over or under weight on projections ownership? Email me, Joe. Sorry, I don't, I'm not sure I understand it. Email me. Uh, Hey Rick, could you go through and look at players who are, uh, putting below their baseline or have the ability to pop in a week where the putter could get hot again? Yeah. So that's the trends tool. And if you scroll down and you look at the, um, breakout breakout candidates, you'll notice again, this is like the Patrick Flavin power hour. Uh, Patrick is the guy to break out. Now I don't have a lot of rounds on him. So that's kind of the, the, the one disclaimer here. So he, his T to green stuff is like three strokes gains per round. And he's a stroke below his putting baseline. Again, I don't have a lot of rounds. Other guys that would probably be more, um, in line with that upper left-hand quadrant that you want to be in Charles, how the third Adam long, Adam Svensson, Chris Kirk, Robert Streb, Austin cook, Von Taylor, our Arjun Atwan might not, might not have a lot of rounds on him either. Um, Tringale's kind of on the border of it. Um, that would be the guys that, that I would be, that I would be looking at. Any plans on coming to the president's cup in Charlotte in September? You know, I know an Immelman, uh, maybe I can get tickets to get a hookup. That's a good question. Uh, Hey Rick, big fan of the show. What are your thoughts on Satoshi at 6,500? I just worry that this thing's going to kind of eat him up. This is a pretty, pretty big, uh, pretty big course. Who are the best putters in this field? Well, there's about a million different ways that we can look at that. Uh, we could go to the power rankings. We can click 
Mexico Open. We can look at the last 24 rounds and we can sort by putting. We can say it's Martin Trainer, Dylan Wu, Aaron Baddeley, Abraham Anser, Brendan Todd. Uh, we could do last 100 rounds and see guys that are longer term better putters. Abraham Anser, Johnson Wagner, Adam Long, Kevin Tway. Uh, we could go to the Holy Grail and look at, I guess we can't look at past pollen because there's no shot link data there, but um, a lot of different ways to do that. Hopefully that was helpful. Do we have enough tournament data to have a guide in terms of strokes gained past pollen for this field? If so, how do those power rankings shake out? So this is Zach, if I'm understanding your question, um, this is kind of a tricky one. So we don't, you know, past pollen, obviously the strain of grass that is most important impactful on the putting surfaces. Uh, now I don't have the strokes gain putting numbers, uh, but what we could do is we could sort by past Palm and just look at strokes gain total and see guys that probably are playing over their head on past Palm. Ramey's number one. He's only got eight rounds. Adam long is up there as well. Smalley. It's the same guys that you see with a lot of tropical stuff. The other guys that we didn't probably see on that list was uh, Russell Knox. 1.7 strokes gained per round over his last 30. Emiliano Grillo, who was the king of past Palm, and now he's kind of fallen off a cliff a little bit. He's got 44 rounds, 1.65. And then Abraham Answer, 30 rounds, one and a half strokes gained per round. It's kind of a wonky thing to just look at past Palm and strokes gained total, but it's there for you if you like it. Need a long shot for my one and done leading champ, but also have my eye on Jones and Wise. Thoughts, um, Champer Wise, I guess, would probably be my favorite. I, I'm... I don't think you can do much wrong here. I think that this is a week of uh, embracing volatility without any course history um, with a very weak field. I, I, I would not mind any of the options that you listed out. <clears throat> hey, Rick, hope all is well. Uh, Rick run good site helped last week. I'm getting close. Not a lot of talk about Ryan armor. Can you take a look? Sure. I imagine the uh, lack of Ryan armor conversation is because I think most people have identified that, you know, this is likely to play fairly long. And uh, Ryan Armour is the opposite of that. He's the most accurate driver of the golf ball. He is 180th uh, in driving distance. Now, if we look at what he's done recently, uh, T15 in Punta Cana, good sign there. Made the cut in, in, in Bermuda, good sign there. Like, what else has he done here recently? Uh, has he played any of these tropical events before? Just kind of looking through... Mayakoba T33, Bermuda T8. I mean, if you want to get into maybe it's wind, maybe it's past Paula, maybe Ryan Armour um, plays well in these weaker fields, that's fine. I just don't think the path to for Armour is uh, via bombing it. Although, see, this is why I kind of hate these buckets. This is a perfect example of why I hate these buckets here. Ryan Armour is 17th on tour from 150 to 175. He's 135th from 175 to 200. And he's 18th from 200 to 225. Are you telling me he he's forgets how to hit the ball from 199 yards? Like that is why it's like a perfect example of why I hate these, but it is interesting to note that he is um, at least pretty good from some of the longer stuff, but those buckets always drive me crazy. Excuse me, guys. Hey Rick, I don't want, uh, if I don't want the square play of Woodlands or Finau for one and done, who would you recommend? Kevin Knopf, you haven't already used them. Um, Aaron Wise is probably someone that I that I considered. Um, honestly, I think I played Austin Smotherman in one. Like I'm just really, really embracing the volatility here. Hey Rick, uh, not Mexico Open related. Headed to Maui later this year. Which of the Capital courses would you recommend uh, playing? Uh, the Plantation course is the one that the pros play. 
uh, obviously recommend that. The other one they have there, the Bay Course, is also phenomenal. You can't go wrong. Good luck. Have fun. Do you think answer is a good fade considering we don't know if he's healthy? Uh, yes, I think that is. Um, I think there's honestly a pretty good case to be made to, to forget about the entire 10K range. Uh, seems short-sighted to say Rom has been bad in weak fields. Okay, let's look. Did I say that? I might have said that. Uh, let's do what? What do you want to call weak fields? Two hundred or less? It passed Palm off of this. Uh, John Rom in fields that are. 200 strength of field or less. And actually, oops, share my screen here. Sorry, guys. Uh, what I actually need to do is I actually need to get rid of the ones that don't have strength of field numbers. So tour championship, that's kind of hard to count, but uh, that can't be right. These have to be wrong, right? This farmer's insurance open was not a 30 in strength of field. It had to be 300 and something. And this Genesis Invitational must not have. So I'm I'm not sure what's my, my filters must be wrong here. So let me uh let me clear these out. Apologies, guys. Sometimes the data fights back a little bit. Let's just look at all of John Rahm's results here. So I mean the last one that was anywhere close to this field here was a 216 at the Fortnite. He missed the cut. Um 298 at the Byron Nelson, he finished T34. I mean, he doesn't really play a lot of weak field events. Tournament champions, he finished 10th out of 30. That was 288. 261 at the Hero, he finished runner-up. Honestly, he plays a lot less of these events than I would have even thought. Desert Classic, he finished 6th. I don't know. Maybe it's short-sighted to say. I don't see a ton of information either way. Uh, Rick, what advice would you give me not to hold grudges with players I'm high on during the week and they don't come through? Uh, just don't do it. Just don't. Who cares? Just don't even look at their names. How does ownership usually pan out in your projections on weeks where we don't know uh, much, if anything, about the course? Yeah, so uh, the way that I do ownership projections, um, it doesn't have a – it obviously takes into account some course history, but uh, there are a lot of other key indicators that that come into play. You know, recent form, uh, just the way the pricing is laid out. Um Course history is just one facet of it, so I, I I don't actually think it's that much of a of a of a deterrent. Hey Rick, thanks for the content. You got to do another golf vlog soon. Um, yeah, you know what? I tried to um, what I wanted to do is I wanted to do like a season two of the golf vlog, and I wanted to do like eight episodes, and I wanted to go around to a bunch of different courses, and I was actually trying to partner with somebody on that. And I haven't gotten as far as I would have liked that still might be coming, but I wanted to do like eight episodes and I want to do like eight episodes a year, almost make them like seasons. Um, but there's just a ton of stuff going on. So I haven't, haven't, haven't gotten around to it. Um, <clears throat> Hi Rick, how are you feeling on Munoz? So he's a very streaky golfer. Uh, which I guess if, if that's what you're looking for, then great, because he's going to be able to offer that to you. Um, if you look at his advanced metrics, let's go down and see what we've got on him here. So drive is, drives it well, tends to always drive it well. The putter 
can be lacking, which I think is fair to say. The approach play, hit or miss, which is honestly volatile in a good way. Um, when you start comparing his price to other guys, I'm fine with this. He's generally a very good gainer from T to green. Uh, he can get hot. I actually like him more for like showdown situations. Um, and yeah, top 10 and top 20, like you're referring to, but that would be, um, you know, playing him outright can be, can be quite difficult. Uh, Trevor says in a weaker field like this week, what type of strategy would you say is most effective? Thanks, Rick. PS love the show you do with your wife, the Zurich. Thank you. Um, what strategy is the most effective? I would say, so I, I was relying fairly heavily on, um, the weighted strokes gain stuff because what happens is so i have you know weighted strokes gained numbers on my website and what happens is in these weaker fields you get a lot of guys that might split time on the cord ferry or they might be playing overseas or whatever and looking at raw strokes gain data can kind of skew you a little bit so looking at weighted strokes gain like it gives guys like adam long a much bigger boost adam long's been playing okay but playing okay on the pga tour is way more valuable than playing good on the core fairy tour, for example. So I really like looking at the weighted strokes gain numbers for this week. Um, if you didn't update a model with how much Greg Norman loves bunkers, how much would you put into sand saves this week? I would say uh, 20%, 15 to 20%. Is Reed worth a flyer just based on his ownership? That's literally the only thing he's worth a flyer on, right? I, I mean, I, I this is likely going to be the statement that backfires the most, but in what scenario is Patrick Reed playing well? In what scenario should Patrick Reed be $10,000? I mean, I'd actually argue at the same ownership, why wouldn't you just play Kevin Na, who's been much better? I don't think, I don't think this course is a good setup for either one of them. Um, Patrick Reed's losing a stroke more per round on approach. Like I, I could almost, this is probably going to backfire, but I would almost argue there is no reason to play Patrick Reed. If his ownership is going to be the same as Kevin Nas. What's the easiest way to isolate the best birdie or better players in the field? A uh, couple different ways to do it. You could go to, the Holy Grail, you could go to stats, you could go to scoring, I believe it's under, and you could go to birdie or better percentage, and you can sort by just the golfers in this field. And whoop, I also have strokes gain total clicked. And you can see that Mark Hubbard's making birdie 28% of the time, John Rahm, Davis Riley, Bo Hogue. You could go to um, the custom model and you could just put 100% of the weights on uh, birdie or better and use whatever rounds that you want. Like there's a couple different ways to do it, but those are the guys. Um, if you're playing a stars and scrubs lineup, is Robert Garrigus making your lineup last 24 rounds? He's very good on approach. Hits it pretty long. Looks good. Birdie or better. I guess, man, they really coughed it up, uh, last week. Didn't they? Tommy Ganey, Robert Garrigus went 61, 78, missed the cut. I don't know whose fault that was, but, uh, on paper, I suppose Garrigus is not the worst play that you can make. Scott says, hey, Rick, uh, for one and done that ends the BMW, but I need to make up a lot of ground, would you go with wise or champ? Probably wise, because I think even like the champ people know it's a champ week. Is it a good idea to start your line for the 9K range? Yes. Um, I've answered some of these questions about 
Ramey, some of these questions about uh, Patrick Reed. You can rewind. I've answered some of these. Uh, hey, Rick, been a while getting back into the swing of things. Love the updated backdrop. Yeah, <laughs> only took us 29 minutes for somebody to notice. What the heck? Or I mean, I guess I'm I'm also behind on comments, but yeah, well, come on, we we uh, we readjusted here, peeps. We reoriented. I'm in a different room. It took how did how did that take 20 minutes? 20 minutes because we are we actually did we're doing something in the other room. We're preparing for something, which as I say that makes it sound like we're having a baby. We're not. Um, it's like the complete opposite of that. So we are setting up something very cool in the other room that used to be the office. So now this is the office. How did you, how'd that take 20 minutes? Uh, is JT posted a viable option? Boy, I don't know. Let's find out together. Let's find out together. When I see JT posting, I see an okay driver of the ball, 86th in distance on tour, which in this field, he's probably like 21st. Not very good from some from a lot of the approach buckets. Uh, and it's actually his worst facet. It loses one, loses a third of a stroke per round. Let's see what he's done as of late. Missed the cut at the Zerg. Can't really hold that against him. Very good at Heritage. Okay at the Valero. I I don't hate it. Uh, like you could do, you could do a lot worse than JT Poston. I'll be honest with you. I I don't love it, but it's not the greatest thing I've ever seen. My book opened Brendan Todd at 33 to one today. He's 75 to one on one hand. Nobody is betting him, drafting him. So they, so the move reflects it possibly on the other hand, they opened him at 33 to one interesting pivot. Let's look at Brendan Todd. I mean, this is like gotta be the opposite type of course that I think Brendan Todd would find a lot of success on, right? He's just so accurate and short off the tee. He is a loser on approach. Um, I mean, he's gonna have to put the lights out. And even, even if he does that, I mean, I'll show you my screen. It's it's not it's not super pretty, right? Even if you gain four and a half strokes putting, you finish T8. You gain five and a half, you finish T26. You gain five, you finish T48. I don't think the rest of his game is uh, particularly sharp enough. Are you in a new home studio? Finally, the comments are rolling in. Finally. Rom is going on vacation not to play golf this weekend. I do not believe that. John Rom has enough money uh, to go on vacation whenever he wants. He does not need to go on vacation. What's a max ownership level to avoid? This is kind of up to you. Again, it depends on how risky you want to be. Um, I, I usually go for like 40%, but it, it, it kind of depends. Hey, Rick, loved your baseball prize picks last night. Unfortunately, the lines moved. Oh no. Yeah, I think a lot of people tailed it. Um, but I'm working on something that I think might be pretty snazzy that that screenshot that i that i sent out was from a tool that's coming together to like basically do all the work for you and just tell you what to bet i i i bet those those four props last night i don't i've like never watched a minute of baseball this year and uh it was just pure value is there anyone under $6800 that's projecting too much ownership that you think would make them a bad play on DraftKings it's a very specific question um too much ownership. I think the the highest owned golfer I have projected in this entire $6,000 range is Brandon Hagee at 6%. So I would say, no, there is not a single golfer who is uh, coming in too high. 
burn okay so there's um <clears throat> sorry guys there's kind of an interesting case to be made with using ramen one and done this week uh because if you haven't already used him like what are you waiting for a major championship and even if he's not like he shouldn't be three and a half to one but if he's five to one and he wins this 16 percent of the time or 13 percent of the time or 12 percent of the time like is that expected value higher than if he finishes fourth at a major I don't know the without looking at the full payouts, it might be. So there is kind of an interesting case that so when the week started, I was like, the only place you can use ROM is in DFS. And now I'm seeing a 35% ownership. And now I'm thinking the only place that you can use ROM is in one and dunce. Um so I, I I'd be fine with it. <laughs> hey Rick, was wondering if you'd be making a trip out to Canada for the RBC Canadian Open. Uh I doubt that. I will be at likely likely on the schedule right now is U.S. Open, uh, BMW Championship. Uh, I would like to maybe do Presidents Cup, and kind of see where everything else shakes out. Is Kevin not long, not long enough for this course? No, he's not. But he's not long enough for like a lot of courses on the PGA Tour. He's doing a good job of getting the ball in the cup. There's not a lot of good options in this field for what we think this course is going to play like, right? And, we're, and quite honestly, we're all just kind of doing a lot of guessing on what we think. Um, what we think this course is going to play like. <laughs> Armina said, what's the opposite of having a baby? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> we're putting a, we're putting a golf simulator in. My wife is the best. She's tolerant and she is the best. So that room that used to be the office, uh, is, 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 will be a golf simulator, which is the freaking sickest thing I've ever heard. Uh, so it is definitely not a baby. Uh, Craven the Flavin deep dive, please. Anything else you can dig up? How's this ball striking? I'll ask him. Um, Hubbard is short, but a massive strokes gainer. Is that due to Corn Ferry Tour? Well, let's just look it up. Um, yeah, because I do have all those rounds as well. So, uh, who who are we looking up here? Hubbard. Okay. So, yeah. So, like this, plus 10, that's a Corn Ferry Tour event. Plus 9, that's a Corn Ferry Tour event. Uh, plus eight, that's a coronary tour event, right? But he did gain six at the Honda, gain three at, in Puerto Rico. He gets four credit for four and a half at Zurich. So it's it's he's playing well across the board, but if you're looking at the raw strokes gain numbers, um, the Corn Ferry Tour stuff definitely definitely helps him in a big way. What kind of shoes in the background? Uh, they're signed uh, shoes by Ben On and Sung JM from... They wore them at the uh, WGC FedEx St. Jude. Hey, Rick, how come folks don't hit the like button? I don't know, man. It's a tough life. Um, hey, Rick, is there an easy way to calculate odds across sites? Example, read minus 130 to have over three and a half birds on one site, listed at two and a half birds on another. What's the equivalent odds minus 130 or so? Uh, Sheer dog, I will uh, hopefully uh, have a better answer for you. So that is kind of part of the whole prop thing that I was, that I've been digging into comparing these across the board, kind of to continue my quest of bankrupting prize picks where, um, I'm, I'm hoping to come up with a formula that will help us do that. Hopefully soon. Do you like cam champ? Yes. 
Do you know anything about Callum? Callum Taron. Let's find out together. Not off the top of my head. See what kind of data I have on the guy. Let's see what kind of whoa. My mouse just totally tweaked. So he made the cut at the Zurich. T7 at a Corn Ferry Tour event before that. Missed the cut in Punta Cana. Um, he's, he's, he's a slightly below average PGA tour player. It looks like now in this field, that's not so bad. He doesn't have, he doesn't even have enough rounds to qualify actually for, for true PGA tour stats, but just kind of looking through his results. Um, he is an, a slightly, he's probably an average to above average ball striker and a, a average to be, significantly below average, uh, short game player. Now in this field, that might not be the worst thing, but I, I'm not all that excited about it. Can we run another model? Um, yeah, I don't know if I would change anything. Let's see. Let's just do something real freaky here. Let's do last like eight rounds. And let's do, uh, I think I did a lot of weighted strokes gained approach earlier in the week. Let's do, let's change it up. Let's do 20 on sand saves because I answered that question earlier on sand saves. Let's do, uh, 25 on weighted strokes gained approach. Let's only let's only do 10 on driving distance. What if what if driving distance is not what if it's just not that? What if it's not what we think it is? Um so I've got 45 weights left. <clears throat> let's say it's a putting contest and we'll do 30 on putting and it leaves us with 15 and we'll put 15 on par 4 scoring. Like I don't know, let's just be really freaky about it and let's see who my number one golfer is. Oh, fudge. Scott Gucheski. Well, it's only eight rounds. Cameron Tringali is number two. Kevin Na three. Brendan Todd four. Wyndham Clark five. Tony Finau six. Interesting. Actually, I think, um, you know, Finau is not really as long as, uh, at least has not been as long this year as I think we think about. He's like 78th in in, in driving distance. So uh, it is it is kind of interesting that he can also still show up here because the approach play has been so good. That's pretty freaky. Eight rounds. That's pretty freaky. Uh, did I miss Rick addressing the new background and TV setup? Yes, you did. Zoom back about 20 minutes. Care to give us a Patrick Rogers update? Thinking about him as an outright popper at 100 to 1. Okay. Um, let's do Patrick Rogers together. Patty Raj made the cut at the Zurich with his partner. T58 at Valero, a couple missed cuts before that. I'm a little bit worried about this. Isn't Patrick Rogers historically much better with his driver? Yeah. He's kind of lost the driver a little bit. He's kind of lost the putter a little bit too. He's historically much better. This does not look like the version of Patrick Rogers that we've seen for the last couple of years, does it? Do I have his season by season stuff here? Yeah, look at this. So he's in the midst of his worst season off the tee. He's basically in the midst of his worst season and a half with the putter in the last three years. Little bit better on approach. I'm worried about this. That's not that's not really on brand for him. Serious question. Why not play no? Sung Yol no? He's actually um we looked at him the other day, didn't we? Didn't we look at him before the Zurich Classic and we realized he'd actually been much better. He had made four straight cuts before the Zurich. And for that price, we were just going to be pretty happy with it. He's very, very bad, uh, basically from T to green, or at least in the ball striking categories. But, um, 
if you're just trying to get through the weekend, get to the weekend, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. <clears throat> I tailed the MLB prop and thanks. Like that approach. Great tease on the new tool. Yeah, I hope to have it done soon. Favorite 6K plays. I would say uh, Justin Lauer is not bad. I would say uh, Patrick Flavin is a nice little flyer. I wouldn't mind even, you know, I was kind of impressed with Ryan Armour when we talked about him a little bit earlier, but that's about it. It ain't pretty. Uh, questions about the golf simulator. So it's the, um, it's the Foresight Sim in a box. So they were running a special after the Masters, which was like free shipping. And it was like, I don't know, 15% off or something like that, which is crazy because shipping alone is like $1,000. This thing is like a 350 pound. The, the box that they delivered, it's outrageous. It's outrageous. So uh, we, finally pulled the, we finally pulled the trigger on it. What drop market strategy would you use this week? Slam four to $6 guys or top heavy? Yeah, I'd be slamming the four to $6 guys. Probably even cheaper than that, right? Like, is there going to be enough money to go around into the threes? You got 144 golfer field where after the top six, they're all the same, right? I mean, maybe six is exaggerating, but when you get to, um, honestly, when you get to like 8,700 Aaron Rye, is Aaron Rye significantly better than Alex Smalley? Is he significantly better than Peter Uline? Maybe. Maybe not. I doubt it. I Like players who are, like golfers, um, 15 through 144 in this field are almost exactly the same. So play the ownership, play the, uh, play the numbers game. Jock Mark is really the only place where, you know, you, um, you just have to beat your expectation. So that's what I would be going for. <clears throat> um, yeah. So I'm kind of blind to Aaron wise at the moment DFS chef, right? Like he's still, a great tee to green player. The putting has still been improved. He has not had the level of success I'd, I'd like him to see. And you're right. He's not blowing me away with some of the recent form. He's just been, he's just been fine. And, but I'm kind of stuck in this. I actually, I actually did not bet him this week um, yet. I'm still thinking about it. It was, it's kind of a tough pill to swallow when I've bet him, you know, hundred to one, 125 to one. And now he's 30 to one. It's, it's really, um, it's really not great. I'm basically at the end of the question. So we can either end this or you can, we can do rapid fire. Or we can do whatever we want. This is the last one I have here. Thoughts on Jonas Blixt. Let's look at Blixt. By the way, I appreciate you guys bearing with me. If you haven't realized, I'm uh, sick. Uh, so thank you for bearing with me here. Here's Jonas Blixt. Boy, 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 boy. It's not much to like. He does not have a top 40. Since the 2019 Rocket Mortgage Classic, that's almost impossible. I mean, I also thought he was playing more Corn Ferry Tour events than this. I guess he's not. Is he playing on another tour? I mean, if, if he's playing on like Latin America or something, I don't have, I don't have the data for that. But this is, um, it's pretty ugly. Do you ever mess with hole in one props? No, they they are the biggest scam. If I was just going to open a sports book, I would just do hole in one props and put everybody at 75 to one and just make my billion dollars. 
either Ortiz brother. Um, I guess I prefer Carlos, even though he's been garbage, but he seems to kick it up when he's in Mexico. Not super thrilled about it. Can we finally start giving Haas some love? Yeah, I actually think so. Um, he's made like seven or eight straight cuts, right? Actually, I'll just pull him up here real quick. Um, Haas. Bill Haas. His metrics are not good. And all he does is make cuts and finish like 44th, but it's not bad. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven cuts in a row. It's not bad. <clears throat> if 15 through 44 seem the same, might be an exaggeration, but you get my point. How about Baddeley? Recent top 20 at Valero. Good on past Palum. Back class? What does that mean? Back class. And driving it better lately. 200 to one and one of the best putters, just a thought. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have, you're not going to have any trouble really convincing me of, of anything you want to do this week. Um, I think there are some objectively poor plays and some objectively good plays, but outside of that, you can kind of do whatever you want. Here's Aaron Baddeley's stats here. So kind of a mix of corn fairy tour stuff. Bless you. I could. So now in the new office, I, Armina's office is right next to where I can hear her sneeze. She just sneezed. I don't know if that came up in the mic, but now we're, now we're like sharing a wall, which I don't know how that's going to end up working out. So here's, uh, here's Aaron Baddeley. I mean, it's not all that inspiring, right? Even in the measured events that we have, he hasn't been a very good driver. He's relying on the short game. There's a couple of corn fairy tour events that you would hope you'd have better finishes in. I mean, seasoned vet. Okay. You know, uh, if, if you, if you looked it up and you see that he's good on past Palum, fine, kind of just looking through some of the other metrics here. He's a small positive on approach. Doesn't have enough rounds to qualify, but he is a small positive on approach. Um, makes enough birdies, I suppose. I don't know. Again, you could convince me of a lot of things. Thoughts on Wyndham Clark? Yeah, I'm actually quite, uh, uh, believe it or not, quite high on Wyndham Clark. He's got a lot going for him this week. I talked about this on Monday, I think. He's got he's got decent recent form. He's got um, skill set, which is driving the ball far. And he's got that, you know, strokes gain tropical thing going for him where he's got some good results in some of these similar type, whether they're past Palum or windy tropical places, um, things like that. So, yes, I've actually bet I've actually bet uh, Wyndham Clark this week, actually, actually, or he's written down. I don't know if I actually put him in yet. Let me write it down. Or let me just uh, make sure I don't mess this up. <clears throat> OK. Um. All right. I think we might be done here. I'll give it like 30 more seconds. If something good comes through, I'll answer it. Otherwise, um, I hope everybody's doing well. Things are going good over here. We're in the heart of the, you know, in the stretch of the sprint season. Sixers play tomorrow night. Are the Sixers going to blow this thing? When you're a Philadelphia sports fan, you get a little worried about getting up 3-0 and then you lose the next two. Things start to go sideways here. Um, <clears throat> Mark Immelman was very high on Graham McDowell this week, which is kind of what this question is about. Says GMAC season. I, I don't think on paper this is a good spot for him, but I will. Um, there, there's like a thirty percent chance that the industry has wrongly assessed the golf course for this week, right? Like all we're looking at are satellite images. All we're looking at are scorecard yardages. We're just trying to piece it together. I think we're right. 
I think we're generally right, but there's a chance we're not. <laughs> or or there's a chance that um, the course is so long that, like, you know, everybody's kind of in the same situation. I don't think that's true. I don't really, I think I'm like a three and a half out of 10 on GMAC this week. Um, all right. I think we're going to call it a day. Harden stinks. Yeah, well, he might. All right, gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, I appreciate you bearing with me through a little little illness here. I appreciate you hanging on. Uh, there is a jock market power hour tonight. Again, Patrick Flavin's going to be on with us. So uh, check that out. We'll get some thoughts from someone who's actually played the golf course, seen the golf course in person, see how he's feeling about this week. Um, that's at 8.15 p.m. Eastern time tonight. Rick Rungood YouTube channel. Otherwise, much appreciated. I'll, I'll catch you guys next time.